Hello guys, and thank you for listening or watching another episode of Live Free Podcast, where I talk about living a life of freedom, rest, and expansion in Christ Jesus. And I'm sure you can see from the title of the thumbnail where we're talking about wrestling with God. Wrestling with God, particularly in the area of salvation for unsaved loved ones, friends, co-workers, or just people that God has assigned you to. This is a beautiful word because this is a word of bulldog tenacity to not give up or give in to the enemy concerning your children, your parents, your grandparents, your aunts, uncles, cousins, your friends, your co-workers, and anyone that God has assigned you to prophetic intercession on their behalf for their salvation. Because God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. But you know, God is a covenant keeping God. And I praise God for that because I have seen the miraculous and seen the impossible in this area. So I want to impart to you today and I want to talk about wrestling with God, not giving up, having that bulldog tenacity, having the relentless faith to believe God, to move mountains and to level them into plains that you will see the goodness of the Lord while you're still in the land of the living, not just in the sweet by and by when you go to heaven, but you will see the fruit of your prayers and the fruit of the spirit of the Lord. So today we're going to be in the book of Genesis and he began to take me to the book of Genesis in chapter 32 verses 22 where we see where Jacob was wrestling with God or an angel of the Lord in relation to in the relationship to his blessing and the blessings are not just materialistic things guys blessings are favor blessings of increase of peace protection increase of saved loved ones the covenant that God has made to you regarding your family and your bloodline and your legacy so the, the, the increase in the, in the things that we consider blessings is not only materialistic because that's a part of the kingdom of God. The God ain't nothing that about the kingdom is broke, busted, and disgusted. So we know that we look like the kingdom of God, which means that we do have nice things. But at the same time, we don't want to overlook those intangible things, those things that money can't buy. We're talking about salvation. The most important decision that you'll ever make in your life is is to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I want to implore to you today, if you have not done that, I want you to know that today is the day of salvation, God says, for you don't know when your life will be required of you or you don't know if he'll ever ask you again. So if you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just say simply, Lord, I repent for my sins. I believe you died for me and just take my life and do something with it change my life, renew my mind, and restore my soul. Because I want you to know today that your salvation is not just tied, uh, wrapped up in you, right? Which that's vitally important as well. But your salvation is tied to thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people being set free and saved as well. So a lot of times you'll see God will raise up one in the family, 
to be saved. And then from that point, that person will begin to bring in and pray in other family members. And that is important because it's vitally important that we stay in place and in position. Because when we get out of position, that could cost us someone else's salvation because God may have assigned you to speak into their life. And that is so important and it is so special and so dear. And it's an honor to serve the Lord. So I want to say, um, go back to the book of Genesis chapter 32 and 22, and it reads, and he arose that night and he took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over the ford of Jabuk. He took them, sent them over to the brook and he sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone. Hear me when I say this left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip. He's talking about the man who he was wrestling with. He touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, this is Jacob. I will not let you go until you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, my name is Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with man and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. I wanna stop right there. And I wanna talk about how first and foremost that Jacob was left alone. This is the secret place God is talking about. This is that place you go when you're away from everyone else. When he had his children and he had his wives with him, he, he, left, he was left alone and then he began to wrestle with God. Why was he wrestling with God? He was wrestling with God because he, God gave him a promise. There was a promise that was spoken over him, right? A promise that told him he would be blessed, his land would be blessed, he would be wealthy, he would uh, um, have the land that God has promised him. So Jacob says, I'm not going to let you go until I see the manifestation of exactly what you said to me. And sometimes I think as believers, we give up too easy because we see the situation and we see the circumstance and we're not seeing it through the eyes of God. And it seems like the more we pray, the worse the person look like the life of the person gets who we're praying for. But I want you to know no matter what it looks like, no matter what the situation is, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he not said it, will he not bring it to pass? He will perform his word. The angels of the Lord hearken. They hearken to the voice of the Lord, that they will hearken to the word that the Lord has spoken over your life. So you have to have the God kind of faith to believe him to move the mountains that he said he would move. And we don't want any one of our loved ones to be left behind. So we have to get on that wall and, and stand in the gap between the living and the dead and begin to decree and declare that they shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And God is faithful that you will see that while you're still in the land of the living, if you do not give up, give in or backtrack. God is faithful to perform his word. 
So in the book of Genesis, we see that he wrestled with God, right? While he was alone, he went in that quiet place and he began to wrestle and he prevailed. Now let's look at this because it wasn't that he was a stronger because clearly God and his angels are all powerful. We know this, right? We know that he is not powerful than God, but the relentless bulldog tenacity and passion to set what get what was rightfully his is what he was um, focused on, what belongs to him, his promise. So more importantly, the faith to believe that who he was wrestling with had the power to give it. You have to know God is first of all God, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So he knew that the person he was wrestling with, it was within their power to give him that promise that God had already promised him. So he knew that he had latched on to something that he knew had the authority and the power to perform it. Because we see even in verse um, 28, um, I go down to verse um, 29 and it says, what is it? What is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. Let me say this. When we have a supernatural divine encounter with the Lord, God began to change his name, right? He changed his name at that point from Jacob to Israel because he said, you have struggled with God and with man and have prevailed. When we have a supernatural real encounter with God, something changes, that we can no longer be the same, right? And then we see this even in our prayers when we pray for people that haven't been saved and you begin to see those people get saved and you know that your prayers were not in vain. And if you have not seen that to this point and you're still praying for your sons or daughters, you're still praying for your nieces, your nephews, you're still praying for your parents, you're still praying for your grandparents or your coworkers or your friends, you're still praying for people and you have not seen the goodness of the Lord while you're in the land of the living. I'm here to encourage you today to not give up, not give in to what you see, but be led by what the word of the Lord says and stand on the word of God. So we know that he touched him, right? And he began to bless him. And at that point, he touched the hip of his socket. And, um, and he could have did that from the get-go. The, the angel of the Lord could touch his socket and gave him that limp or just uh, put him in a, a, a submissive uh, form, right? But we know that God allowed him to prevail because of his relentless faith. And we got to have that same faith when we're praying for our loved ones. We don't want to see nobody go down to the pit. We don't want to see nobody go to hell. You don't wish that on your worst enemy. There's no coming back from hell. Once you're gone, judgment has been set. Everything's in stone and it's in the place. There's no coming back from that. And that's huge. That's huge. And you don't wish that on anyone. This is why we got to pray them in and stay faithful to the promise and believe that God will perform um, everything that his word says. It will be performed. It will not return void. So he touched him, right? But instead of Jacob giving up, he pursued the one who was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all he could ever ask or think. So 
Don't give up on your loved ones. Don't give up until you see the fruit of the goodness of the Lord, right? In the, while you're in the land of the living. God changed his name to Israel. And I said this before, anytime you have a real supernatural encounter with God, something in your life changes and that it is not the same. So when you know you have touched heaven, you're going to see the manifested presence of your prayers come forth and, and you're going to be blessed. And the person who's being saved is going to be blessed. Um, it is impossible to have an encounter and nothing changes in your life. I said that. Don't give up on unsaved co-workers, friends, loved ones, children, spouses, grandparents, family, or even people you don't know that he's called you to stand in the gap for. God is a covenant-keeping God. And one of the enemy's tactics, I want to talk about one of the devices and the tricks and schemes of the enemy. This is one that I've seen time and time again. I have seen this play. It's the same play over and over again, but with a different face. One of the tactics of the enemy is to keep them or you separated from them through rivals, sibling rivalry, through arguments, through jealousy, envy, accusations, um, and um, he's speaking their ears lies concerning you or concerning, or he'll speak in your ears lies concerning that person. And his overall goal is, is to keep you separated from people that God has assigned you to pray for. I'm going to say that again. His overall goal is to keep you assigned and separated from people that are not assigned that God has assigned you to. So these are people that God has um, before the foundations of the world. Uh, they are to inherit salvation. And I always pray, you know, that you can pray that the angel of the Lord will go chase them that are unsaved. That's another strategy God has given me. Through, I think, a video I watched of Perry Stone. And he talked about how the angel of the Lord will chase them, those that are to inherit salvation to bring them into repentance and to bring the remove the veils from over their eyes because the Bible says that no man can see the kingdom unless he is born again. And <clears throat> we know that's not a physical birth. We know that's a spiritual birth. So unless you are born again, you can't understand the scriptures. You can't understand evangelism. You don't understand the word of God. So you have to pray and ask God to remove the scales of blindness. That's called the spirit of blindness that blinds unbelievers from seeing the gospel. And then we also pray. <clears throat> this is the way I pray. Lord, draw them by your spirit. Why? Because no man can come to God unless he draw them. For you did not choose God. He chose you. But we know all are called, but few are chosen. But God chooses us. We don't choose him. So when he, he pricks our hearts or he puts somebody in front of us to give us a word, we cannot determine how that word is to be packaged. A lot of times people can't receive from people that are speaking into their life is because they don't like the gift, the package that God sent. They have a problem with the person that is speaking into their life. And that's a heart issue for the person that's, a, that's actually listening and that's not receiving. That's not a you issue. That's a heart issue. And a lot of times God will 
simply package things that way and send people to you that you don't really care for, that you don't really like in your family, and that person is always speaking the word over you or speaking life to you. But a lot of times people can't receive it because they have all in their heart against that person. And it's crazy because sometimes God will tell you to just to shake the dust from your feet, and then he will send you to a family or a congregation or a people that wants him that wants to receive him. But the thing about it is we don't get to tell God how he is to speak to us and who he's sending to speak to us. This is why the Bible says, you know, you just have to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves and be open to God no matter what capacity or what color the skin, no matter if it's a white, black, Chinese, purple, brown, Korean, it doesn't matter if it's a child, if it's a teenager. We have to be open to God not the 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 makeup for men look at the outer appearance but God looks at the heart of the individual and that's why he chooses whom he wants to choose to deliver his messages or to be his mouthpiece we don't get to choose how they dress how they look how they smell because it can be a stranger on the street God would use a drunk to speak into your life a right now word but you have to be open. You can't decide how you want that person to look or who you want it to be. And a lot of times, this is why it's easier for people to receive from strangers than it is for them to receive from family members or receive from spouses or receive from children or receive from whatever capacity you're speaking in. Because they have something in their heart against that individual. And you might say, well, why won't God send somebody else? Because he's trying to sometimes work out that thing in their hearts. And sometimes you'll miss God or miss the blessings of God because you don't like the way it's packaged. Well, I'm here to tell you we have to be open to God. We have to be obedient to speaking to even the people that don't want to hear it. Because a lot of times God will tell you to speak. He said, don't look at the countenance of their face. He's going to give you a heart, uh, a, a, a face like a stone that you're not moved by people, that you're going to still say what you need to say because the blood will then be off your hands. The Bible says the blood will be on your hands if God gives you a word. He talks about this in the book of Ezekiel. Talk about the blood being on your hands when he give you a word to speak to somebody. So right now, Lord, I just bind the spirit of fear of man. Fear of man has caused a lot of people to be paralyzed in the kingdom of God because we're afraid of the reaction. We're afraid of how they're looking at us. We're afraid of what um, um, what people might say about us. And I tell people this all the time. Deliverance 101 is being delivered from what people think. And that is what I had to be delivered from because I always want to get along with everybody and I want everybody to get along. But sometimes... God says, I come to bring mother against father. I come to bring mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. I come to bring the sword. That truth cannot be compromised for the sake of peace. And we have to get in a position as believers that we're going to say what God has told us to say in spite of the way people look, the way, what they feel, because you never know. You may be holding up someone else's deliverance because you caught up in yourself because ultimately that's what it is. Sometimes we be caught up in ourselves and we don't want to uh, be embarrassed or re be rejected. We don't like to be rejected. But how do you? How many of you know that when people reject the word of the Lord in you, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting God because it is not your word, it's the word of the Lord. So you don't have to worry about if it's all about you.
Because I'm telling you right now, this war is not about you. This war is between God and Satan. And once we start thinking it's about us, then we get out of alignment. We need to get back in alignment and know that it's not about us, but it's about souls, eternity, about people going into the pit, about people expiring. Hallelujah. They're expiring and they are not ready. They are not ready. But one word from God that he will send that, that he would give you or a prayer that he will have you to do. One word would destroy 70 years or 80 years, generational years of captivity. One word, one word from God would destroy that yoke of bondage of unforgiveness, would destroy that yoke of bondage of, of in fornication, of idolatry or divination or witchcraft. One word from God, because people just want to know that God loves them and you may be the only God that they see. So we need to come out of ourselves and begin to ask God to give us wisdom when dealing with people. Sometimes he'll require you just to pray for them. And then sometimes he'll give you a word to speak to them directly. And then sometimes he'll let you evangelize through videos. Just send them a video. However and whatever God wants to do, he, it has to be done his way and not our way. You know, and, then, and the thing about it is, another important thing is it has to be done in the timing that he gives it to you. Because there's a window, an open door, a kairos moment that God will give you for someone to speak a word at the right time where they can actually receive it or it's the right time for them to get that word and we'll miss that window of opportunity and sometimes have to wait until it comes around again or sometimes God will just send someone else to give the word, you know. But you have to know that the burden is not on you. It's not a burden. It's not a contradiction and it's not a burden to, to do the work of the Lord. We have to know that Jesus is the mouth, the, the word. He's the one speaking the word. We just we are just the messengers. And in spite of what people say, because you know you're gonna be rejected, you're gonna be looked up, frowned upon because the enemy wants to stay, the demons wanna stay. If they've been walking with that person for 30, 40, 80 years, they wanna stay in there. So sometimes you'll get the rejection, but say it anyway. Keep it moving. You pray for them. You love on them, and you keep going. So that's one of the enemy's tactics, guys. That the tactics is to keep you in conflict and confusion with people. He puts accusations and lies in your mind, and I say this all the time. Every voice you hear is not your own voice. Anything, and I'm gonna give it to you like this. I'm gonna give it to you like this. The way God explains it to me. How do I know if it's God talking to me? How do I know if it's the enemy talking to me? And how do I know it's just not me talking to me or my flesh? This is how you know, and this is the way God gave it to me in the most simplistic form. You know God is talking to you about someone when he gives you the information or he'll give you a dream about that person and it leads you to uh, intercession for them. It leads you into um, um a love and compassion to see them healed or to see them delivered. And, you know, God will give you insight into what's going on with them for you to pray for them and intercede on their behalf, right? How do we know it's the enemy? Because it's nasty stuff that is, is being said, right? And when I say nasty, I'm talking about it's negativity. So the words will come in your head. Oh, look at that person. Oh, they didn't even invite you over here. Oh, they didn't even say hi to you. Oh, they didn't even do this. God don't talk like that. 
It's, he's holy and you have to remember he's perfect and he doesn't talk nasty about people. And then on top of that, how you know it's the enemy is because it's the way you feel when you're hearing it. You want, you get mad all of a sudden. So now you don't got enough fight in an empty room. What does that mean? Meaning you don't got enough fight and the person ain't even in front of you. Well, based on the words that's coming to your head about them, it done got you in a whole mood. You done got in a whole mood about a person and it ain't even nothing that has happened or come to pass, but he keeps those accusations coming. He keeps those things coming. He makes you feel, you know, oh, you entitled. They didn't call you, but they called this person. Oh, they didn't invite you, but they invited this person. All those things are lies from the enemy. And what you have to begin to do is cast down those vain imaginations and cast down those thoughts according to 2 Corinthians 10 and 4. Meditate on that scripture. The Bible says, casting down every vain imagination, every word that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and taking every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. So a lot of times you just have to rebuke them thoughts, rebuke the devil, submit to God. The Bible says, resist the devil and he has to flee. And you'll see that them thoughts will begin to dissipate. They'll begin to go. But a lot of times the enemy wants to keep friction because he know that you're the one that God has assigned to that individual to pray because it's hard to pray for people that you don't like or you're mad at. Think about that. You can't pray for people that you're mad at. So he likes to keep conflict, confusion. But as believers, we have to rise above that because we're seated in heavenly places and we begin to do the opposite of what the enemy wants us to do. So the Bible says, pray for those. Even if something is happening to you and God has still called you to pray pray for them, even though they're trying to persecute you or do things to you, you have to rise above, repent for any involvement that you had and then renounce the enemy and then begin to pray for them and pronounce blessings over them, pronounce salvation over them, pronounce healing over them, that God will remove the scales from their eyes and their heart will be a heart of flesh and he'll take out that heart of stone that is against you. So in the name of Jesus, we just thank the Lord right now that he is moving over his people and that this is a revealed word of knowledge, a simplistic word, but a powerful word that you can use against the enemy and the strategies that God has given you. Don't allow the enemy to impart fear, to impart envy, to impart jealousy, or to impart sibling rivalry or any kind of rivalry with your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, or your mom or your dad to keep you from praying. In fact, do the total opposite. Begin to bless them, pronounce blessing on them. And if it means you have to apologize for something, humble yourself and do that. I found that when you humble yourself and even sometimes you apologize because you have to understand sometimes with people, sometimes, because not all the time, some of it is just jealousy. Jealousy, you can't change in people. That's a heart condition. Envy, you can't change. That's a heart condition. But I'm talking about if they really feel like you've done something to them. And even if that's real for them in their head, even if it's not true, still humble yourself. I had to do this a few times and say, look, whatever I've done, I apologize. And I noticed that when I did that, even though I didn't know what I did, something broke in the spirit. And I began to see a shift and a turnaround. And salvation began to come to those people because I was willing to humble myself. See, the, when we do it God's way, it always works. God said, love those that curse you. Pray for those that curse you. And when you do it his way, 
It works. I'm telling you. Why? Because that's what the Bible says and his word will not return void. This is why when we get into things like this, Satan goes up to heaven, to the courts of heaven. He's the accuser of the brethren day and night. The Bible says he accuses the saints. So when you are not repentant as a believer, when you are not forgiving, he goes up and say, they're not even repenting about that. They're in uh, conflict with this person. So give me the legal right to do this to them. We see it in the book of Job. It's biblical. And we know he's a legalistic devil. So we want to break all of his holds that he have by submitting to the word of God, resisting him in terms of resisting the temptation to be in agreement with those negative thoughts, resisting the temptation to be mean to people, resisting the temptation to not pray for people, resist the devil. This is how you resist him. Submit to God, resist the devil, and we will flee. And you will see the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And then also you will see the goodness of the Lord in your prayers, the fruit of your prayers, you will begin to see manifest before your face. And I'm telling you, it's a good feeling to see families saved. God is a covenant-keeping God. And just know if he did it for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he will do it for you. He is not a respecter of persons. And the Bible says he don't show favoritism. It's for every believer. If you save, your whole house is saved, according to the word of God. Stand on it, believe it, no matter what they look like, no matter how they acted, no matter the worst of the worst, stand on it. And begin to decree and declare the word of God over them, the blessing of God over them, and watch miracles begin to take place. That is the word of the Lord today. I'm here to tell you, wrestle with God, wrestle with him, and don't let him go until you see what you are praying for manifest in the natural. Until the next time, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you haven't opted in, go ahead and opt in for that live free. Text live free at 770-692-7751. And the link will be in the description. Text to opt in to prophetic encouragement or just daily scriptures or whatever the Holy Spirit gives me to say whenever he give it to me. So I don't just do it. I give it when I text it. I do it when he tell me. So go ahead and opt in. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed to my channel, please and thank you so this channel can grow and the gospel can get out, the good news. And until the next time, guys, I will see you in the next video. Bye, loves.